0: Welcome to the Career Zone podcast, where each episode we spend some time focusing on something that's on students' minds right now. I'm your host, Rachel, employability and careers consultant with the University of Exeter. You can catch up on all of our episodes by doing all of those subscribing and following things. We're on Spotify and iTunes. Commencing a new job role through either an internal transfer, be that a sideways step or promotion, And certainly an external transfer into a new unfamiliar organisation, such as starting a graduate scheme, can feel undoubtedly daunting. Human beings, after all, like stability. What is known? What is familiar? In this situation of starting a new job, it is understandable to feel a welter of mixed emotions, positive emotions of starting something new, and maybe negative emotions. Worrying of not being good enough. In this episode, we will delve into the experience of starting a new job role and how this is akin to plugging into a new work ecosystem composed of new colleagues, work methods, systems, established social dynamics. In this episode, talking with Rob McKellar, a law graduate and practicing experienced high street solicitor, we will explore strategies to onboard to quickly integrate into a new job role, considerations of a realistic time frame to integrate into a new role, how allies and mentors can ease the transition and deepen connections, how the experience of starting a new job role may differ between different size organizations, and finally methods to contain and push back at the anxiety in starting a new role. My name is Sonny Lally, an employability and careers consultant at the University of Exeter. And together with Rob, an alum of the University of Exeter, we will tap into his extensive vocational experience carved through transitions between retail, in-house legal practice and high street practice to learn how to navigate starting a new job role. Rob, you've had a number of different roles in in in-house legal practice and private high street legal practice, all very different settings. And I wonder, when you think about those transitions, how did you know that you were beginning to feel confident in your new role? How long did it take to adapt to each of those new roles on average?
1: Um, I suppose it would take probably a good month to start feeling comfortable within the role. I think the main focus for me is always people, feeling comfortable with the people that we're working with. And from the larger organisations I've worked at, at, sort of if I speak about three large organisations, large companies, they've always had a training induction sort of set up, which has involved you going in with probably a number of new employees to the firm, And Sitting in with a trainer for at least a period of of three weeks and regularly uh, uh, sort of uh, attending the same training room with the same trainer to learn about the company ethos, to learn about company procedure. And that was always, I suppose, quite a safe haven for a new starter. So day one, you meet lots of other people that are day one starters too and you kind of form a bond with your training group and you probably never lose that bond actually I still remember working with people and sort of remembering the day that we started even though they worked in different areas of the business you'd always see them and uh, and say it's that, that that time of year again remember when we started 2 3 years ago but that um that continuity and that sort of as i say felt quite safe so a lot of the um i don't know the inhibitions and the concerns about starting a new role were kind of allayed by by having that that familiarity and and all of a sudden you've been at the the company for three or four weeks before you've even hit the shop floor as it were and started working um, on operations but that's quite a nice sort of gentle introduction because you're in the same room with the same people uh, day after day after day and then you then you almost forget the the operational side of it until you have to start that and then you you feel a certain degree of relaxation. Um, Compare that with some of the smaller firms I've worked at where there's been perhaps, I don't know, 30, 40 staff across the whole organisation. I'm the only new starter. I'm given a desk and uh, then it's up to me to, you know, form the relationships and and get out there and, and speak to people. And, you know, I've always tried to, Be as open as possible try and make those relationships with people find out who the key people who are going to need to help me in my new role um who they're going to be if i've got questions about certain things whether it's hr and procedure or whether it's anything technical about how case management systems work and, and that sort of thing who do i go to and and i think you have to be a bit more proactive in those circumstances because there won't be a manual for a trainee like there is at the larger corporation there isn't a training structure like there is like at a larger corporation. You have to create that yourself to a large extent by um, asking questions and making sure that um, you know you're asking the right person. And you are left to your own devices to a greater extent. The plus side of that is operationally you're ready to go pretty much from day one because you have to be. You have to you know get on with it, and you learn a lot more from day one than those larger corporations where you're perhaps cooped up in a training room for weeks and weeks, but you don't have that security blanket of having a number of individuals that are in the same training group as you and that sort of thing. I think give me the opportunity now to start a new role. I feel a lot more comfortable than I was when I was perhaps in my first role. Uh, my first role in a law firm was very much a case of I don't really know what I'm doing and I need to ask people for advice, but I don't know whether I'm going to be wasting their time. It was exciting, but it was there were quite a few anxious moments thinking, how am I going to settle in here? And, you know, I was left on my own quite a lot. And I think, as you go, if I've given the same circumstances, say, 15 years later as I was a few years ago, I approached it quite differently because I was a more confident person and I was able to reflect on previous experiences and, and just um, feel happier to, you know, ask those questions and... and Bed myself in
0: more easily. Yeah, so it's really interesting. If I hear you correctly, that the experience of integrating into a corporate organization, a large organization, is very different, say, from integrating into a smaller organization. And if you think about many grad schemes, typically a graduate will be hired with a cohort of fellow new starters. And there is that camaraderie, that social dynamic where you're all in in that same boat and there's an equality to that situation that generates a degree of uh, dynamism and excitement all within a very much structured, graduated nursery of development. Whereas if you're going to a smaller firm, be it a charity or be it um, an SME, could well be that only new starter in the organization and that necessitates being intentional you know being proactive as you say reaching out to people to help you to embed and integrate into the organization and i wonder if we think about those two situations did you find that feedback was common to both of those situations did feedback help
1: yeah i suppose it did If I think back to the organisations in the corporate structure, yep, you'd have feedback. It wasn't immediate, but you'd have feedback. That's the first question you have, isn't it? How am I doing? How how can I improve? Am I on the right track here? Is this what you'd expect of somebody? And I I think I remember sort of my first job in a sort of large law firm was quite daunting because you want to know straight away, but you have to be there. I think the first time I got some real meaningful feedback, I'd been there three months. It was sort of probationary review time and I thought, I think hopefully it will go okay, and it did. But before I had the meeting, I wasn't necessarily 100% sure. So that was quite well structured, but quite a while before I actually got some feedback that I was able to feel confident about. Apart from that, it's just on the job, sort of, you think to yourself, well, I've done that okay, you know. You're generating your own feedback to an extent. No one's shouting at me. No one's getting me into a room, giving me uh, a dressing down, so I must be doing okay. In the smaller sort of setting, I suppose feedback is perhaps even less prevalent because i suppose you just have to try and identify it so if some if you've done a piece of work for somebody if they come back with some really useful suggestions on how you do it better or how, how constructive have they been mm. and some of the smaller organizations i've worked at <laughs> you know they haven't been quite as constructive you know because of sometimes the, the the way it's set up the fact that they probably haven't had training how to give feedback so it can be quite negative and you know but the plus point with that is if it's quite negative, it tends to hit home quite, quite nicely and uh, you probably learn from your mistakes quite quickly. Um, the thing in law with, with anything is that if you're working for somebody, the tactic was always to go and speak to about four or five people that had worked or continue to work for that person, find out what they want from the person that's supporting them even put a few bits of work under you know that you've drafted under their, their eyes to say well would such and such be happy with that and then when you produce a piece of work it's almost gone through a few different peer checks then the finished article is a lot better but feedback it's more structured in a corporate environment but perhaps longer to wait for the sort of full meaningful bit of feedback that I was was hoping
0: for yeah it's a really interesting point there that when we start a new job we're looking for a degree of certainty, a degree of validation. And in, you know, invariably, we're looking for that validation pretty ASAP, pretty quickly. And and yet, it takes time for opinions on our performance to form, uh, to gather measurable, concrete data and evidence that can you know, support any assessments of, of our performance in a new role. And yeah, I mean, I think if we think about starting a new role. Ideally, you'd want that feedback within the first couple of days, but that really isn't possible. No matter whether it's a large organization or a small organization, it's going to take time for that feedback to coalesce and develop and form. So I think I want to wonder kind of in that interim before that feedback solidifies, how do you deal with that uncertainty? I and mean, how did you deal you know, with that almost that waiting game for feedback?
1: I suppose it's just on on a a good day, you seem to think, well, actually, I've not been put into a room. I've not been given any negative feedback. So I must be doing something right. The problem with a large corporation with a number of new starters over several different cohorts, I I remember when I started at the cooperative legal services, you hear rumours and you think such and such that started in personal injury uh, two weeks ago. They just left with immediate effect. You think, wow, well, what did they do to leave with the immediate yeah. effect? You know, is that going to be me tomorrow? You know, and you. I remember being quite anxious about that. But again, just on, on a more positive note, you think, well, actually, I've not been corrected. You could always, you know, the other option is to, to ask for feedback. If you ask somebody that you trust and that, you know, is your line manager, you can just say generally, how, how am I doing? You know, what's your opinion of how I'm doing? I know it's early days, but and generally good managers will be aware that those fears will be there and we'll we'll sort of give you a sort of reassuring pat on the shoulder and say just keep doing what you're doing it's early days just you know you seem to be doing okay just focus on on the key elements that make you successful in this role and that sort of reassures you but it is quite an, uh, an anxious period of time I suppose as you mature the more you've done it the less anxious you've been so if you've started four new jobs the starting number five is probably not very concerning because you've done it four times before and those came out okay it's just if you have if you've had negative experiences in the past that will always sort of prevail but i just say be really honest and, and, and ask people how am i doing and also speak with your in a larger organization you can speak with your training cohort and actually say how's it going for you and in larger organizations i've always had that to be able to say well How's everyone else doing? And you can then judge yourself against them. And if they've not had any feedback either, then you're you're on the same level as them. If they've all had negative feedback and you've not had any, then you can consider yourself that you're probably doing all right. So I think asking your, your fellow trainees, as it were, is very helpful. And really just trying to manage any stress that you have in, in a new role. I mean, everybody gets it regardless of how new they are. I mean, everyone will have a question mark over their ability to do their job, regardless of how long they've been doing it. And that's quite a healthy thing as long as it doesn't take over. Questioning one's abilities is quite uh, a good quality to have to, you know, discourage complacency and to, to, to remove sloppiness. So it's just you don't want it to be detrimental to your performance. So I suppose just trying to keep those fears in check, but, but also just trying to reassure yourself that, uh, that, that things are going OK and ask for feedback if, if you're unsure.
0: Yeah, it sounds very much a conscious, intentional process and sounds very much as if, you know, you used a diversity of people you tapped into. A range of people across your, the organizations, not only leaders in your teams, uh, but also people in support roles and people who may be peers to gather informal sources of, uh, of feedback that could then potentially give you some formative feedback unto the point where you get to, uh, meetings, diarized meetings where you can get substantive feedback from your, your line manager. I think it's also important, to, I think, for any new start to, to ensure that there are staging posts, um, diarised one-to-one meetings with your, uh, your line manager where you can, you can explore and evaluate um, the degree of, of progress. And I'd love to hear more about how you coped with the actual stresses and I wonder whether you were able to deploy and tap into resources outside of work to help you to, to push back against some of those stresses in a new job role.
1: I suppose earlier on in my career, I I didn't really have many other coping strategies. You know, relaxation and and detaching yourself from work is obviously very important to try and establish a balance. Um, So I'd always encourage that. You finish on a Friday and you don't work the weekend. You don't have to, you don't think about work, hopefully, that, that whole weekend. So that's one coping strategy to just try and occupy yourself with other activities and not dwell on the uncertainty that a new role brings. I suppose over the last sort of six, seven years, that one key element is you know keep regular exercise and just trying to keep the mind active on, on other pursuits and um, not focusing entirely on work. And I, again, that's good advice, regardless of how new you are to a role. I think it's quite useful uh, for, um, for, for for ongoing professionals to, to, to try and zone out and stop thinking about work and, um, and that sort of thing. And then, of course, you look for um, encouragement from friends and family as well you can say i just started a new role I'm a little bit worried or you can have honest conversations you can sort of be quite clear about your concerns and then often a friend or a family member can say well i've not been given any negative feedback what are you worried about are you worried about the day you'll never see are you worried about something that you shouldn't really be worried about and i think when somebody else has that opinion then you can kind of reassure yourself and, and, and then you feel more confident uh, the next time if you do have fears about work, and we all, as I say, it's not just, it's not isolated, it's just being new to a role. We all have that and it's useful to be able to discuss it with people because then as with any other sort of worry, you, you, it tends to be not a worry if lots of others don't think it is either. So um, yeah, so sharing your anxieties, occupying your mind beyond the, the workplace and just trying to rationalise in your own mind really whether your concerns are actually you know, valid. Everybody has that imposter syndrome, believing that they shouldn't really be in the role that they're in and uh, they're not good enough and they're never going to get it. There seems to be too much to learn. But I think experience is helpful and discussing with others
0: is key. Yeah, for sure. It sounds very much as if that access to an ecosystem, that social ecosystem that exists beyond the workplace Provided a, a source of strength, a, a source of replenishment. And if I hear you correctly, very much an advocate of preserving those boundaries between the work and social domain. So ring fencing, some of that replenishment time where you can exercise and meditate or go walking or you know, just do a hobby or whatever that um, allows for you know, re-energizing for this period of, of onboarding. So coming to the end of our episode where we've looked at the the process of onboarding of integrating into a new job role be that as an external hire or as an internal promotion we've examined some strategies that um, very much look at the, the power of networking and certainly i recommend our listeners to check in on the power of mentoring episode where we looked at how mentoring can help integrate us into new job roles i wonder whether you know we can wrap up with some top tips um you know thinking about your extensive experience i mean you know top tips that you could give to our listeners um that can help them to embed into a uh, a new job role. I
1: think just make sure you're developing as many relationships within the workplace as possible with people that clearly know how to do the role. You touched on mentoring, and it can be formal or informal, really, insofar as, say, right, this person seems to know. The person I'm sitting next to, hopefully, the corporate structure that you've gone into is quite strategic. They've put you next to someone that is, A, open, and B, very good at their role. Good trainer, kind of uh, archetypal trainer. And if you've got that sort of person, that's fantastic because then they don't mind you asking stupid questions of which you'll have lots of and they'll be able to answer with the right answer, which is what the company would want them to answer with. I suppose another tip I would say is that once you've asked a question, make sure you've noted it down in whatever form it might be. And write the answer because you will have that question again and if you don't write the answer down and the question in fact you'll probably ask it again tomorrow and you'll feel quite awkward for doing that because you know you've asked the question before you know that might be writing it down I'm a big fan of um, hit and print screen on, on the computer and uh, and snapshotting the answer to that query how do you find this thing on the case management system well here it is hit print screen, paste it into a PowerPoint presentation, add a few arrows. You can put it in your own shorthand, but it's a bit of an idiot's guide, mm-hmm. but it's written for you, by you. And then, I, you know, I still use idiot's guides that I I wrote five years ago with tasks that don't happen that often. You just revert back to the, the breadcrumb trail and say, well, I'm not going to ask somebody how to do this each time. I'm just going to refer to my guide. And, and that's really helpful it makes you look more professional because you don't ask the same silly question more than once and yeah. you you become a lot more self-sufficient if you're able to do that and of course now you've also got the option to record um, video as well so if you want to record a video snapshot of you clicking on three different things on a on a system then again that's quite helpful because you can sit there in your own time and review that and repetition is often a you know, one of the best ways of learning something Especially if it's complex, as I say, building relationships and feeling comfortable with the people that you work with is key because then you're able to ask questions and get feedback, actually. If someone that you're sat next to is, is, a, is an accomplished member of staff, you're able to say, how am I doing? Do you think I'm doing okay? And then they can give you that feedback that perhaps you're waiting for from a more structured meeting, um, maybe months or weeks down the line. And then just trying to remain positive at all times as well. Just make sure that you are, you know, not looking at things in a negative way and and progressing that way. I think just maintaining those work relationships so that you feel like, Mm. you know, you have the feedback and you can be uh, comfortable.
0: Great tips. I mean, um, really practical strategies that um, can help us to thrive in, in any new job role. I love how you observe the necessity of taking ownership of one's own onboarding. I think there's always temptation to say, actually, you know, this is the company, the the organization, the employer's responsibility to onboard, to upskill and train me, and to embed me within a new company. But in actuality, it's a, it's a two-way process that you know, that we ourselves, when we embark upon a new role. Should take ownership of our own um, integration, and you know, really love the suggestion of you know, taking videos and uh, screenshots and uh, collating them into a scrapbook. You know, using something like OneNote or Microsoft Word or Google Docs or PowerPoint, some facility to capture all of those those ideas and collate them and and classify them, to tag them with labels. And you'll find that's a valuable resource that, uh, as I say, uh, we can use um, in many years henceforth um, when we've further progressed and deepened our integration into that job role. And for sure, I think one of the key messages that has very much been apparent in our conversation is to be open, to be authentic. And, you know, that For sure, that does take time. In the Harvard Business Review cited, on average, it takes about two to three months for people to begin to show their true selves to be fully authentic. Uh, within their new job role for some, you know, that might take a little bit longer, uh, but the key there is to be authentic, to have those open conversations, to, uh, to be curious, to be proactive, to reach out to peers, to people in leadership positions, uh, people also in support positions, and to have those conversations to gather some of those formative assessments and evaluations that can help us to benchmark our uh, our integration into a new job role and indeed sometimes a new organization. So there we are, a survey of strategies to help onboarding into new job roles. Reflecting on our conversation, it is important to know one's goal in a new job role and to quickly establish expectations. Now this really entails communication. You're asking questions for clarity and collaboration with one's new line manager to formulate smart plans. The key message here very much is the necessity for clarity and that it is okay to intentionally seek answers. Settling into a new job role is a journey of embedding within a new social dynamic and that requires finding out new colleagues, working styles through a mix of observations and an active questioning. Now above all, I hope through our conversation we have come to recognise that it is okay to be nervous in a new job role. And it's okay to not rush integration. It is fine to preserve some outless outsider work to replenish energies. Settling into a new job role is not an exact science. Though there are tools such as mentors that we can utilize. I recommend cross-checking our March 2023 episode on the power of mentoring, which takes a deeper exploration of how to deepen connections within an organization that can leverage progression. Finally, as we end, thanks to Rob for illuminating how to settle into a new job role and deepen connections. This was the Career Zone podcast, brought to you by the University of Exeter Career Zone. Check out iTunes and Spotify to keep up with all of our regular releases. And if you'd like us to cover something else in another episode, just send us a message Podcast at UOE Careers on Twitter or. At UOE Career Zone or at UOE Cornwall Career Zone on Instagram and we'll follow up in one of the next episodes.